On February 14th, we commemorate Venerable Accentius of Bithynia, the repose of St. Cyril, equal of the Apostles and teacher of the Slavs, Venerable Isaac, the recluse of the Kiev near Caves, the twelve Greeks who built the Dermitian Cathedral in the Kiev Caves, Far Caves, Lavra, translation of the relics of martyrs Michael and his counselor Theodore of Chernigov, Venerable Maron, the hermit of Syria, St. Abraham, Bishop of Charis, Mesopotamia, the Vilna icon of the Mother of God, and St. Hilarion, the New of Georgia. St. Oxentius, by origin Assyrian, served at the court of the Emperor Theodosius the Younger, 418 to 450. He was known as a virtuous, learned, and wise man, and he was moreover a friend of many of the pious men of his era. Distressed by worldly vanity, St. Oxentius was ordained to the holy priesthood, and then received monastic tonsure. After this, he went to Bithynia and found a solitary place on Mount Oxia, not far from Chalcedon, and there he began the life of a hermit. This mountain was afterwards called Mount Oxentius. The place of the saint's efforts was discovered by shepherds seeking their lost sheep. They told others about him, and people began to come to him for healing. Saint Oxentius healed many of the sick and the infirm in the name of the Lord. In the year 451, Saint Oxentius was invited to the Fourth Ecumenical Council at Chalcedon, where he denounced the Euchian and Nestorian heresies. Familiar with Holy Scripture and learned in theology, St. Oxentius easily bested those opponents who disputed with him. After the end of the council, St. Oxentius returned to his solitary cell on the mountain. With his spiritual sight, he saw the repose of St. Simeon the Stylite in 459, from a great distance. St. Oxentius died about the year 470 leaving behind him disciples and many monasteries in the region of Bithynia. He was buried in the monastery of St. Hypatius at Rufianannas in Syria. St. Cyril, equal to the apostles, teacher of the Slavs, Constantine and the Schema, and his older brother Methodius, commemorated on April 6th, were Slavs, born in Macedonia in the city of Thessaloniki. St. Cyril received the finest of educations, and from the age of 14 he was raised with the son of the emperor. Later he was ordained as a priest. Upon his return to Constantinople, he worked as librarian of the cathedral church, and as a professor of philosophy. St. Cyril successfully held debates with iconoclast heretics and with Muslims. Yearning for solitude, he went to Mount Olympus to his older brother Methodius, but his solitude lasted only a short while. Both brothers were sent by the Emperor Michael on a missionary journey to preach Christianity to the Khazars in the year 857. Along the way, they stopped at Cherson and discovered the relics of the Hieromartyr Clement of Rome, commemorated on November 25th. Arriving at the territory of the Khazars, the Holy Brothers spoke with them about the Christian faith. Persuaded by the preaching of St. Cyril, the Khazar prince, together with all his people, accepted Christianity. The grateful prince wanted to reward the preachers with rich presents, but they refused this and instead asked the prince to free and send home with them all the Greek captives. St. Cyril returned to Constantinople together with 200 such captives set free. In the year 862 began the chief exploit of the Holy Brothers. At the request of Prince Rostislav, the emperor sent them to Moravia to preach Christianity in the Slavic language. St. Cyril and Methodius, by a revelation from God, compiled the Slavonic alphabet, and translated the gospel, 
epistles, and the Psalter, along with many service books into the Slavonic language. They introduced divine services in Slavonic. The Holy Brothers were then summoned to Rome at the invitation of the Roman Pope. Pope Adrian received them with great honor, since they brought with them the relics of the Hieromartyr Clement. Sickly by nature and in poor health, St. Cyril soon fell ill from his many labors, and after taking the schema, he died in the year 869 at the age of 42. Before his death, he expressed his wish for his brother to continue the Christian enlightenment of the Slavs. St. Cyril was buried in the Roman church of St. Clement, whose own relics also rest there, brought to Italy from Cherson by the enlighteners of the Slavs. St. Isaac was the first person in the northern lands to live as a fool for Christ. His name in the world was Chern. Before becoming a monk, he was a rich merchant in the city of Toropets in the Skov lands. Having distributed all his substance to the poor, he went to Kiev and received the monastic tonsure from St. Anthony, commemorated on July 10th. He led a very strict life of reclusion, eating only a single prosphora and a little water at the end of the day. After seven years as a hermit, he was subjected to a fierce temptation by the devil. Having mistaken the evil one for Christ, he worshipped him, after which he fell down terribly crippled. Since Anthony and Theodosius took care of him and nursed him, only after three years did he begin to walk and to speak. He did not wish to attend church, but he was brought there by force. Upon his return to health, he took upon himself the exploit of holy foolishness, enduring beatings, nakedness, and cold. Before his death, he went into seclusion, where he again was subjected to an onslaught of demons, from which he was delivered by the sign of the cross and by prayer. After his healing, he spent about twenty years in asceticism. He died in the year 1090. His relics rest in the caves of St. Anthony, and part of them were transferred to Torpets by the Igumen of the Kudin Monastery in the year 1711. The life of the blessed Isaac was recorded by St. Nestor in the Chronicles, under the year 1074. The account in the Kiev Caves Paterikon differs somewhat from that of St. Nestor. In the great reading Menaion, under April 27th, is the account of St. Isaac and his deception by the devil. The Kiev Caves icon of the Dormition of the Most Holy Theotokos, commemorated on May 3rd, is one of the most ancient icons in the Russian Orthodox Church. The Mother of God entrusted it to four Byzantine architects, who in 1073 brought the icon to St. Anthony and Theodosius of the Caves. The architects arrived at the monk's cave and asked, Where do you want to build the church? The saints answered, Go, the Lord will point out the place. How is it that you, who are about to die, have still not designated the place? The architects wondered, and they gave us much gold. Then the monks summoned all the brethren, and they began to question the Greeks, saying, Tell us the truth. Who sent you, and how did you end up here? The architects answered, One day, when each of us was asleep in his own home, handsome youths came to us at sunrise and said, The queen summons you to Blasherne. We all arrived at the same time, and questioning one another, we learned that each of us had heard this command of the queen. The youths had come to each of us. Finally, we beheld the queen of heaven with a multitude of warriors. We bowed down to her, and she said, I want to build myself a church in Rus at Kiev, and so I ask you to do this. Take enough gold for three years. We bowed down and asked, Lady Queen, you are sending us to a foreign land. To whom are we sent? She answered, I send you to the monks Anthony and Theodosius. We wondered, 
Why then, lady, do you give us gold for three years? Tell us that which concerns us, what we shall eat and what we shall drink, and tell us also what you know about it. The queen replied, Anthony will merely give the blessing, then depart from this world to eternal repose. The other one, Theodosius, will follow him after two years. Therefore, take enough gold. Moreover, no one can do what I shall do to honor you. I shall give you what eye has not seen, what ear has not heard, and what has not entered into the heart of man. From 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. I myself shall come to look upon the church, and I shall dwell within it. She also gave us relics of the holy martyrs Menignus, Polyactus, Leontius, Acacius, Arethas, James, and Theodore, saying, Place these within the foundation. We took more than enough gold, and she said, Come out and see the resplendent church. We went out and saw a church in the air. Coming inside again, we bowed down and said, Lady Queen, what will be the name of the church? She answered, I wish to call it by my own name. We did not dare to ask what her name was, but she said again, It will be the church of the Mother of God. After giving us this icon, she said, This will be placed within. We bowed down to her and went to our own homes, taking with us the icon we received from the hands of the Queen. After hearing this account, everyone glorified God, and St. Anthony said, My children, we never left this place. Those handsome youths summoning you were holy angels, and the Queen in Blasherne was the most holy Theotokos. As for those who appeared to be us and the gold they gave you, the Lord only knows how. He deigned to do this with his servants. Blessed be your arrival. You are in good company, the venerable icon of the Lady. For three days, St. Anthony prayed that the Lord would show him the place for the church. After the first night, there was a dew throughout all the land, but it was dry on the holy spot. On the second morning, throughout all the land it was dry, but on the holy spot it was wet with dew. On the third morning they prayed and blessed the place, and measured the width and length of the church with a golden sash. This sash had been brought long ago by the Varangian Shimon, who had a vision about the building of a church. A bolt of lightning falling from heaven by the prayer of St. Anthony indicated that this spot was pleasing to God, so the foundation of the church was laid. The icon of the Mother of God was glorified by numerous miracles. On February 14, 1572, at the wish of Tsar Ivan Vasilievich the Terrible, and with the blessing of Metropolitan Anthony, the relics of the holy martyrs Michael and his counselor Theodore were transferred to Moscow to the temple dedicated to them. From there, in 1770, they were transferred to the Visitation Cathedral, and on November 21, 1774, to the Archangel Cathedral of the Moscow Kremlin. St. Myron was born in the 4th century near the city of Cyrus in Syria. He spent almost all his time beneath the open sky in prayer, vigil, ascetical works, and strict fasting. He obtained from God the gift of healing the sick and casting out demons. He counseled those who turned to him for advice to be temperate, to be concerned for their salvation, and to guard against avarice and anger. St. Myron, a friend of St. John Chrysostom, died before 423 at an advanced age. Some of St. Myron's disciples were James the Hermit, commemorated on November 26th, Limnius, commemorated on February 23rd, and Domnina, commemorated on March 1st. St. Myron founded many monasteries around Cyrus and converted a pagan temple near Antioch into a Christian church. 
Saint Abraham, Bishop of Chars, lived during the mid-fourth century and early fifth centuries, and was born in the city of Cyrus. In his youth, he entered a monastery. Later he became a hermit in Lebanon, a place where many pagans lived. Saint Abraham suffered much vexation from the pagans, who wanted to expel him from their area. He once saw tax collectors beating those who were unable to pay. Moved to pity, he paid the taxes for them, and those people later accepted Christ. The Christian inhabitants of this village built a church, and they fervently besought St. Abraham to accept the priesthood and became their pastor. The monk fulfilled their wish. Having encouraged his flock in the faith, he left them in place of himself another priest, and he again retired to a monastery. For his deep piety, he was made Bishop of Chars. His pastors, the saint constantly taught by his God-pleasing life, from the time of his accepting of the priesthood, he never used cooked food. The Emperor Theodosius the Younger wanted to meet the bishop and made him an invitation. After he arrived in Constantinople, St. Abraham soon died. His remains were solemnly transferred to the city of Chars and there given over to burial. Holy Hieroschema Monk Hilarion the Georgian, Isse Cantraveli in the world, was born in 1776 in the village of Losian Tevi, in the Shorapani district of Kutaisi. His parents, Kakuli and Mariam Kanchaveli, were pious and God-fearing nobles. According to God's will, Issa's uncle, the hermit Haradigan Stepane, took his six-year-old nephew into his care. When Stepan reposed, Issa moved to the Bakini Monastery, but learning that a seminary had opened in Tbilisi, he set off for it. On his way, he visited a certain bishop, Athanasius of Nicosi, to receive his blessing. The bishop, delighted by the youth's fervent prayers, advised him to return home to his family. My son, you will learn much more in the wilderness than you ever could in the classroom. Return home, and the Lord, having instructed you in prayer, will lead you on a path that will serve your people and the church. Issa returned to the bosom of his family, and his father took him to Kutaisi to be raised in the court of the Emeritian king. King Solomon II, 1789-1815, soon recognized that the young Issei stood above all the other courtiers in piety, and he appointed him to be his personal spiritual advisor and instructor. At the king's suggestion, Issei married the princess Mariam. Soon after his marriage, the humble nobleman was ordained to the priesthood and appointed confessor of the court church. Only two years later, Princess Mariam reposed, leaving Father Issei a widower. After the Russian annexation of Kartli Kakheti, the imperial court of the Tsar increased diplomatic correspondence with the court of King Solomon II. The king was urged likewise to unite the Emeritian kingdom of Russia. Solomon summoned a council of noblemen, and it was decided that Emirati would remain independent while maintaining friendly relations with Russia until the king's death. However, it was agreed that since King Solomon had no heir, after his repose, the court of the imperial Tsar would acquire jurisdiction over the region. But the political climate in Georgia became increasingly tense, and the ability of the Emeritian court to govern was severely undermined. The court was suddenly besieged with cases of envy and treason, and it became necessary for the king to flee to Turkey. Proto-Presbyter Issei Kanchaveli accompanied King Solomon II to his place of exile and remained with him to the end of the king's life. After the king's death in 1815, Father Issei received an amnesty from Tsar Alexander I, 1801-1825, on behalf of the king and his court. 
Isa himself planned to go into reclusion in the village where he was born, but King Solomon's widow, Queen Miriam, summoned him to Moscow, where she was being held in honorable captivity. Father Isay brought to her a piece of the life-giving cross of our Lord, which had belonged to King Solomon, and the Queen preserved her husband's treasure in the court church. But life at the imperial court was tiresome for the God-fearing Father Isay, so he exchanged his clothing for beggar's rags and set off for Mount Athos in the year 1819. Father Isay appeared before the Holy Fathers of Mount Athos as an unknown pilgrim who had come to venerate the holy places. He first visited Ivron Monastery and from there crossed over the peninsula to Dionysiu Monastery. In 1821, Isay was tonsured a monk and given the name Hilarion. He was presented with new monastic garments for the tonsure service, but asked permission to remain dressed in his own rags. Father Hilarion fulfilled his every obedience with love. He was dispirited only by his ignorance of the Greek language, which prevented him from hearing and understanding the word of God during the divine services. Finally, he received permission from the abbot of Dionysiu to borrow some of the Georgian books from the large collection of sacred manuscripts at Ivron Monastery. Upon arriving at the monastery, Father Hilarion went to venerate the Ivron icon of the Mother of God. While praying on his knees before the icon, a Greek Arhimandrite, whom he knew from Moscow, saw and recognized him. He bowed before him, kissed his hands, and cried out, Father Issei, Holy Shepherd, Confessor of the King. Soon, the news spread through all the monasteries of Mount Athos that the spiritual father of the king had concealed himself as a beggar. Everywhere, the monks greeted him with great reverence, but Father Hilarion, ashamed of the attention, withdrew to the wilderness not far from the monastery. At that time, in retaliation for the Greek insurrection of 1821, the Turks were pillaging Greece and slaughtering the Christians. In 1822, a certain Abdul Robut Pasha surrounded the Holy Mountain with an enormous army and commanded the abbots of all the monasteries to submit to his authority. Representatives of all the monasteries, including Father Hilarion and two others from Dionysiu, were sent to Kromitsa to petition the Pasha. Father Hilarion stood boldly before the Pasha, burning with a desire to be martyred at the hands of an unbeliever. Having learned that Father Hilarion was a Georgian, Robut Pasha was overjoyed. He himself was also Georgian by descent, but had been kidnapped by the Turks in his early adolescence. The Pasha proposed that St. Hilarion leave the monastery and move to his palace in Thessaloniki, promising him every kind of material wealth. But Father Hilarion refused and condemned the ruler's unbelief. The furious Pasha began to curse the Orthodox believers and all the Christian saints, among them the Most Holy Theotokos. The Holy Father was allowed no opportunity to reply to the Pasha's blasphemous remarks. Instead, they released him and took the other monks captive. Having returned to the monastery, Father Hilarion regretted that he had not properly rebuffed the blasphemous Pasha. His suffering was aggravated when the unbeliever continued to martyr and massacre other Christians. Finally, he asked the abbot for his blessing and set off for the Turkish court in Thessaloniki. There he stood before the Pasha and fearlessly trampled upon his false teachings. You sought to deny the virginity of the Most Holy Mother of God, he charged. Even your prophet Muhammad admits that Jesus was born without seed of a virgin and that the mystery of the birth of God is necessarily beyond human comprehension. He is the true God, who took on flesh for the salvation of mankind to rescue fallen man from the curse of sin and death. The Pasha began to argue, but St. Hilarion told him, You, the son of Christian parents, are on such a brutal rampage 
that you have deadened the pangs of conscience, calling you back to the true faith. The Pasha laughed and answered that he was glad to have been delivered from the ridiculous Christian faith. I am indebted to the man who kidnapped me from my parents and sold me to the Turks, he said, and have since rewarded him generously for his deed. If your faith is indeed true, why have you fallen into the hands of the invaders? Why has your beloved God punished you so? You misunderstand everything, Pasha, answered St. Hilarion. Does not a loving father take up the rod when his beloved son runs wild? Truly he does this not out of hatred but out of love, desiring to save the ignorant from grave misfortune. When the father sees that his child has corrected his behavior, he casts the rod into the fire. The Lord has permitted these sorrows to befall us because of our sins. You are a staff in the hands of the Lord. When he sees that we have mended our ways, he will cast you into the fire as well. For three consecutive days, St. Hilarion confronted the Pasha in his palace, desiring to infuriate him to the point that he would order his execution. On the fourth day, St. Hilarion arrived at the palace and began to speak about the falseness of Muhammad and the Islamic faith. Then the Pasha provoked him even further, demanding, What do you think? Where will we go after death? Standing amidst believers of diverse faiths, St. Hilarion boldly answered that only those who truly believe in God, who are found in the bosom of the Orthodox faith of Christ, will be saved. The enraged bystanders demanded that the insolent monk be executed, and Abdul Robut Pasha finally ordered his death. St. Hilarion prepared to meet death with joy, but a pair of the Pasha's servants, Georgians by descent, requested that the Pasha repeal his death sentence, since it would be shameful for them to murder their fellow countrymen. They intended to send him in secret to Maltathos, but instead, St. Hilarion began to minister to the sick prisoners held in Thessaloniki, and he selflessly dedicated himself to their service for six months. Then, according to God's will, he set off again for Maltathos, having returned to his monastery. Father Hilarion labored for three years as a hermit, and afterwards withdrew to the Tower of Neuskeet, a dependency of the Monastery of St. Paul, to lead a life of strict asceticism. On Fridays he kept a strict fast, and on other days he ate only tiny pieces of dried bread. These he would place in a narrow-mouthed jar, and eat only what he was able to draw out with his hand. He drank just one glass of water a day. Throughout the period of his reclusion in the tower, demons tempted St. Hilarion with terrible visions. Once a group of faithful Christians desired to visit the hermit. As the elder received no one, they were not admitted. The pilgrims therefore decided to form a human ladder standing one on top of the other, in order to reach the small window of his cell. Fearing for their lives, but not wanting to break his vow of reclusion, St. Hilarion temporarily abandoned his cell and fled to the forest. After some time, St. Hilarion became physically weak from his strict ascetic labors, and was forced to leave behind the solitary life. With the help of his faithful friend, Benedict the Georgian, he gradually regained some of his strength and moved to the Ivron Monastery. At the Averon Monastery, he took charge of the Georgian Library, organized a catalog, and compiled twelve volumes of Lives of the Saints, which he entitled The Flower Garden. He presented the twelve volumes to the abbot of Zografu Monastery before the latter departed for Russia. In Russia, the abbot published the twelve volumes in the Georgian language, without mention of the name of their compiler. St. Hilarion reposed at St. Pantelimon Monastery, known as the Rusikon in a cell named for Great Martyr George, on February 14, 1864. Though he was desperately ill, St. Hilarion continued to thank the Lord sincerely until his last day. Glory to God, he would say, 
I desired martyrdom, but God did not grant it to me. Instead, he sent me an illness which will be equal in merit to martyrdom if I am able to bear it. Prior to his death, he asked his disciple Father Savas to bury his body in secret, but circumstances later require that his burial place be revealed. In 1867, during the vigil for the Feast of the Ascension of Our Lord, a group of monks opened St. Hilarion's burial vault and immediately sensed the sweet fragrance issuing forth from his body. At that moment, one of the hermits saw a brilliant sphere of light shining like the sun over Father Hilarion's cell. The Holy Synod of the Georgian Apostolic Orthodox Church canonized Hero Schema Monk Hilarion, Contraveli, on October 17, 2020, and to differentiate him from St. Hilarion the Georgian, commemorated on November 19, called him Hilarion Cartaveli Akhali, or Hilarion the Georgian the New.